0: In this week's episode, I am joined by Crystal Whitaker, who is an inclusive leadership consultant and author of the book Brave Leadership is a Choice, An Inclusive Guide to Creating Belonging. We're going to talk about the ASL performer Justina Miles stealing the show at the Super Bowl, companies working to end natural hair discrimination, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. All right, Crystal, let's get started. Will you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Hi, Bernadette. First of all,
1: thank you so much for the invitation to have this conversation. I'm really excited. So my name is Crystal Whitaker. I am an inclusive leadership uh, development and inclusive branding consultant. And as you said, author of Brave Leadership is a Choice, and Inclusive Guide to Creating Belonging. I work with leaders and brands who want to make sure that they aren't just putting out inclusive messaging uh, in an effort to create inclusive environments and draw a more diverse community, but also making sure that they actually embody the inclusive core values that they state that they believe in. So really creating inclusion within leaders and organizations from the inside out.
0: So helping them become aligned in their messaging with their mm-hmm. values. Is that right? Very much. Very much. So would you mind telling the the listeners and and the viewers a little bit about the framework behind your book?
1: Absolutely. So it is based on the framework that I developed. It's called the Aligned Values Framework, and it follows six steps. So the first step is to clarify their understanding of inclusion and how it fits into their business, their brand. And then the second step is connect. And that is what does it mean to connect first to yourself as a leader? And what types of connections do you want to facilitate and uh, invite into your organization amongst your team, between people that you're working with? The third step is root. So that's where you get really rooted in your core values, your overall mission and vision and purpose, making sure that you are uh, rooted in those values and commitments that are inclusive. So how are you going to commit to showing up for the people and communities that need it through the lens of those values? And then the fourth step is to disrupt. So disrupting and identifying bias on a personal, professional, and community level. Step five is embody. So how are you going to embody all of those things through the lens of your core values in a way that is reflective of your commitments to your community? And then step six is create. What type of environment and business are you creating through your mission, your vision, your overall messaging, and the spaces that you cultivate for people?
0: I love this because let me tell you, I I have so many conversations with really well-meaning folks within organizations who don't always have a ton of leadership influence. And so they find themselves in this situation where they are kind of stuck because their organization has lost momentum. And so all they're doing is workshops and, mm. and, and leadership is distracted by things like in, impending recession or layoffs or whatever it happens to be, right? Fears, they're distracted by fears. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so DEI, in some of the cases that have, folks I've spoken with recently, is become less of a priority. But it sounds like your book is a really great way for leaders to really crystallize who they are, what their message is, and how to inspire their team and, and really do this in a in a holistic but aligned way.
1: Very much. And I mean the aligned values framework, right? Uh very much. And the other thing that I want to point out about the book is yes, it is intended to be a leadership development book, but I my perspective on leadership is that all of us regardless of the role or title that we have we we all have a responsibility to leadership so even if you're an admin what responsibilities or influence do you have in your role how how can you lead based on the responsibilities that you have so it's really for everybody
0: awesome that's great i can't wait to to check it out myself so it comes out on february 21st fans exactly. everywhere books are sold right Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, in the work that you're doing with your own clients, can you share something that's giving you hope?
1: Oh, that's, that's kind of, that's a deeper question than I've <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, you know, what gives me hope is really the fact that people come to me and the clients that I work with, I feel so grateful because they do genuinely care about creating better experiences. And there is, there seems to be a genuine hope for a better world through the way that people can operate. Like we all have the opportunity to choose how we behave once we get to know ourselves and we're really clear on who we are, what triggers us. And we're have that level of self-awareness so seeing that in people and seeing the aha moments and recognizing how they want to move forward, that gives me a lot of hope.
0: Yeah, I think we have more power than sometimes we we give ourselves credit for. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah that's great that's great one final question for you before we get into the good vibes you know there's just there is a lot of negative data in the world there are a lot of things going wrong there are a lot of reasons not to have hope and this show is about good vibes and my question for you and this has a been a a self-reflection for me throughout the year so far is do you really feel like there is such a thing as good vibes in DEI
1: yeah, I do. I do. I and I agree with you. There's a lot of there's a lot of negativity out there. But I see it in my clients. I see it with people that I get to work with. Even reflections that I get back from a professor who uses my framework in one of her classes. She sends me messages constantly about the fact that students are absorbing it in a way that is positive. It's it's really having the impact that we hope that it would have.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for for that and thank you for your book because You know, I think when we're all working together in in our own individual ways and collectively towards this sort of message of greater equity and inclusion, it's just um, it's there's going to be a ripple effect and there's going to ultimately be a a groundswell. So I believe we're on the right side of history. Yeah. Okay, so let's move into this week's good vibes. The first story is from the Edelman Trust Barometer, which just released its 2023 results and found, and this is a study, by the way, which a trust and credibility study for the past 23 years that measures trust across society in various institutions. So institutions such as non-governmental organizations, the media, and the government. Well, business is trusted more than any of those institutions this year, and it was the only of those institutions rated both ethical and competent by 55% of Americans. And although it's not a large majority, trust is increasing. But one of the things that I found most fascinating about this study, and what I would love to talk to you about, Crystal, is that the place that people feel safest to talk about societal issues is the workplace. How fascinating is that? And, and it's because they believe that people are generally going to be expected to behave at work.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's been, it's been a while since I personally have worked in a corporate setting as an employee. But I, I think ideally if people are a part of an organization that they feel aligned to and they enjoy what they do, they support the mission of the organization, that does make sense to me where they are aware of what the what the values and beliefs of that organization and the leadership team are and what they can reasonably have conversations about.
0: I agree. And when when business is in this place of, of influence, when it's more trusted than government, media and even nonprofit organizations, I mean, I, I just feel like there is an enormous potential there for leaders to do the right thing if they read your book and follow your framework.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also think because especially the younger generations, it has become really important for businesses to have some sort of social impact component, whether it's philanthropic, social justice, sustainability. And so the more organizations that lean into some part of that, I think it does become easier for people to trust and have those conversations.
0: Absolutely agree. Well, keep it up, businesses. We need all the help we can get, right? Okay, so the second story is about the ASL performer, the American Sign Language performer, Justina Miles, who's a deaf woman. She signed the lyrics during Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show and during the Black National Anthem sung by Cheryl Lee Ralph. And I just thought it was such a beautiful thing It's not a new thing, but what it was so beautiful about it was her passion, her enthusiasm and that her performance went viral as a performance in sign language. And I just thought it was such a beautiful expression of joy that I wanted to celebrate this week.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. So I am not a football fan. I literally wait until the halftime show is up on the Internet so I can watch it. Uh, And I remember seeing her video go viral. And I was so amazed by the performance because she you're, you, she didn't just sign it. She did perform it, right? Oh, it was just incredible. And because of the work that I do, and I don't know if you do as well, I follow a lot of disability DEI consultants as well. So just seeing that it blow up on the internet was amazing.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I just feel like so much that we read about and hear about related to the experience of people with disabilities or their experience of black folks is really is like about tragedy, right? And oppression and all of that exists. And yet there's also joy. And I really felt like she embodied that joy.
1: Yeah, she did. There were some conversations. I don't know if you noticed any of this. There were some conversations about how she wasn't, um, you know, side by side on the main live feed, that there were some issues with that, that it had to be a separate feed, which hopefully they do better next year.
0: Hope so. Always opportunities to learn. And if they do better next year... People can read about it in five things.
1: Yes. (laughs) All right.
0: So the next story is about a partnership between Dove and LinkedIn to promote the passage of the Crown Act, which is a, a, a piece of legislation that's passed in 20 states in the U.S., hope to get passed in 30 more, with a goal to end natural hair bias and discrimination. So this partnership includes access to LinkedIn learning education courses on the importance of ending natural hair discrimination, hashtag black hair is professional social media campaign and much more. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I I really love this, especially as a a biracial girl who grew up trying to flat iron and straighten my hair to assimilate, fit in, if you will, and always feeling weird about having curly hair in the workplace. Uh, I think that the way that our hair grows naturally out of our heads should be accepted just like it is for other people.
0: Absolutely. Yet it is considered unprofessional by a lot of folks by like dreads, locks, braids are considered unprofessional. And I I mean, I just I this is one of those things where I'm like, you know, I am really privileged that I this is not even a thing for me. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But
0: I'm so glad that these two organizations and companies are partnering together.
1: Yes, I think it's amazing.
0: All right. The third or the fourth story is about how Spain has made uh, the news this week for several things. First, it became the first country in Europe to require paid menstrual leave for those suffering from severe period pain. I love this story.
1: I, I want to give it a slow clap because <laughs> I I have said this for y- decades at this point. they. Why is it not something, I, I always thought that people with uteruses should have the ability to take a couple of sick days every month because it is an awful experience <laughs> for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it can be for sure. And you know what, this this type of policy normalizes it though.
1: It does. It does. I, I think that Uh, Spain is setting a much-needed example of really giving people what they need in order to honor their humanity and their experience and take care of themselves rather than just push through.
0: Yeah, and we've seen some companies in the UK adding this benefit as an employee benefit, but we're not really seeing it on a nationwide policy side. And we're not really seeing much of this at all in the U.S. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) you know um i'm really glad for this this progress so the last story also comes from spain which made the news for allowing transgender folks to self determine their identity and legally change their gender without a formal medical diagnosis so so changing one's gender marker can be a very complicated process certainly very expensive invasive can prevent folks from really feeling like they can walk through the world as their authentic selves And so Spain has made it easier for these folks as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think that it's incredibly validating for people to
1: be able to do that. I I don't think that people should have to go through such an invasive process if they don't want to. And I think that Spain is setting a really great example for LGBTQ plus rights, particularly for trans people in this way.
0: Absolutely agree. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today, Crystal. I'm really excited about your book. I'm really uh, can't wait to read it again. Um, remind folks again what it's called and where they can find you and the book. Yeah, absolutely. So the book
1: is Brave Leadership is a Choice, an Inclusive Guide to Creating Belonging. Uh, you can find links to my work and everything about me at crystallily.co, and that's C R Y S T A L L I L Y.co
0: fantastic. Well, folks, check it out. Check out more of Crystal's amazing work and what she has to offer the world. And I can't, again, I can't wait to read the book. And for folks who haven't already subscribed to the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Thanks again, Crystal. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my 5 Things newsletter, join at 5ThingsDEI.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for 5 Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.